From Seoul, Korea, KBS World Radio News Today starts right now. On today's broadcast, South Korea and the United States have agreed to complete the guidelines on the planning and operation of a shared nuclear strategy by the middle of next year. South Korea, the U.S., Japan and Albania have called for the United Nations member countries to pay greater attention to North Korea human rights violations. And police are tracking down the person of vandalized with graffiti the walls of Gyeongbok Palace in central Seoul. This is KBS World Radio News. I'm Daniel Che. South Korea and the United States have agreed to complete the establishment of guidelines on the planning and operation of a shared nuclear strategy by the middle of next year. Seoul's principal deputy national security advisor Kim Tae-hyo made the remarks after he and Meyer Bittar, the U.S. National Security Council coordinator for intelligence and defense policy, led the second session of the Nuclear Consultative Group, or NCG, in Washington Friday local time. Kim told reporters that the two sides agreed to complete guidelines regarding the planning and operation of a nuclear strategy by around next June. He said that the guidelines will encompass a whole range of issues concerning sharing of sensitive nuclear information, the establishment of a relevant security system, the formulation of consultation procedures for nuclear crisis, as well as the operation of a real-time leader-level communication channel. According to a Seoul official who requested anonymity, the participants also agreed on a plan to incorporate scenarios of nuclear operations in next year's Allied military exercises, including the summertime Ulchi Freedom Shield. The official said they are working to build a mobile system to enable immediate communication between the leaders of the two countries in case of a crisis. It was also mentioned that both sides are trying to find ways to protect the leader-level phone communication from a potential electromagnetic attack or other security issues. After the meeting, the two sides issued a press statement which reaffirmed that any North Korean nuclear attack against the U.S. and its allies is unacceptable and will result in the end of the Kim regime. The NCG was established under the Washington Declaration that President Yoon Suk-yeol and U.S. President Joe Biden adopted during their summit in Washington in April as part of efforts to enhance the credibility of extended deterrence. North Korea claimed that the regime grew more powerful this year under the leadership of Kim Jong-un and that it would not bargain away its nuclear weapons with any country, including the United States. The Nodong Shimun, the official newspaper of North Korea's ruling party, said Kim's excellent leadership was the fundamental factor in Pyongyang's dignity, prestige, and power. He said the regime's decision to put its nuclear weapons policy into law in September meant its status as a nuclear power was permanent and that it could no longer trade away its nuclear weapons to the U.S. or other hostile forces. According to the paper, North Korea is the only country in the world that has legislated its nuclear weapons policy, which it hailed as a bold political decision that only Kim could have made. The article also listed North Korea's provocations and shows of military force carried out this year, boasting that the development of its military technology was now irreversible. On the list were several military parades, July's arms expo in Pyongyang, the test launch of solid-fuel ICBMs in April and July, the launch of a tactical nuclear attack submarine in September, the launch of a spy satellite in November, and Kim's summit with Russian leader Vladimir Putin in September. South Korea, the U.S., Japan, and Albania have called for the United Nations member countries to pay greater attention to North Korea human rights violations. The four nations' representatives to the U.N. made the call in a joint statement issued Friday to mark the 75th anniversary of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. 
pointing out that UN experts and reports have expressed concerns about forced repatriation of North Korea's asylum seekers. The four UN members called on all other member states to uphold their international legal obligations and respect the principle of non-refoulement. The call seems to follow the recent mass repatriation of escaped North Koreans by China after North Korea reopened its border. The four countries also called on North Korea to abide by its obligations under the international law to take immediate steps to end all human rights violations and abuses and engage with the UN's human rights experts for that purpose. A major Western think tank says North Korea might provide Russia with ballistic missiles for its war in Ukraine in return for technology for space launch systems and submarines. Radio Free Asia reported that the Royal United Services Institute said in a report published Friday local time that changes in the geopolitical landscape created by Russia's invasion of Ukraine might provide North Korea with new opportunities. The report said the UN Security Council sanctions imposed on the regime are at high risk of collapsing, with North Korean weapons and missile exports likely to rise. RUSI said North Korea could gain economic and technological benefits from Russia, such as high-performance technology for space launch vehicles, submarines and weapons of mass destruction in return for additional weapon exports, including ballistic missiles. It said North Korea is currently suspected of providing artillery shells and other munitions to Russia, and it could also sell Moscow ballistic missiles, including Scud, KNO-2 Tosha, and Nodong missiles. The think tank added that Russia, a prominent member of the UN Security Council, could veto additional sanctions on North Korea as the two sides grow closer. It emphasized that diplomatic discussions and greater international sanctions against the regime are crucial to prevent such developments. You are now listening to the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul, Korea. A reactor in South Korea's nuclear power complex in the southwestern county of Yongwang resumed operation on Saturday after 10 months of maintenance. The state-run Korea Hydro and Nuclear Power said the 1,000-megawatt Hanbin No. 5 reactor will gradually reach its full capacity on Monday. The company said its operation had halted due to maintenance work carried out since February 14th. Korea Hydro and Nuclear Power added that the resumption came after it ensured the integrity and reliability of reactor through safety checks and a verification process by an overseas expert agency. Police are tracking down the person who vandalized with graffiti the walls of Gyeongbok Palace in central Seoul. Officials at Cheongno Police Station said Saturday they launched the investigation upon receiving a report of the apparent vandalism at 2.20 a.m. A phrase that reads, Free movie in Korean, was repeatedly sprayed in red and blue paint along the western walls of the royal palace. According to the officials, police are analyzing CCTV footage and reviewing whether they can hold the suspect accountable for violating the Cultural Heritage Protection Act. The Times of London named League of Legends player Yi Sang-hyuk, better known as Faker, as one of the world's top 10 influential sports figures. Faker won the World Championship in 2023 as part of Korea's T1 team. The Times called Faker the unkillable demon king as it introduced T1's victory in the 2023 League of Legends World Championship. The paper explained that while it doesn't usually cover esports in its sports pages, the day when Faker becomes a mainstream Olympic star like Usain Bolt was not long off. Faker was joined on the list by Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund Governor Yashir bin Arumayan, football star Lionel Messi, Major League Baseball phenom Shohei Otani, Australian footballer Sam Kerr, 
along with YouTube influencer and boxer KSI. The government says it has secured nearly seven months' worth of urea for cars and will seek to import more amid China's export suspension for the compound. The government reviewed the state of supply and demand as well as distribution of urea during a meeting on Friday. According to the finance ministry, the nation's stockpile of urea and shipments soon arriving have expanded to 6.8 months' worth, up from enough to use over three months in November. 5,460 tons of urea is set to enter the nation by the end of the year, including 5,000 tons from Vietnam on Saturday. In January, 12,150 tons of the compound will enter the nation, and another 14,000 tons in February. The government said it plans to negotiate more contracts with third countries, including a deal to introduce 5,000 tons of urea from Vietnam for public stockpiling. And that's the news from KBS World Radio's News Center in Seoul. I'm Daniel Chan.